Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. you know is before we get started that in two weeks from now I'm going to be starting a series on the end times many people have asked me about that through the pandemic and uh, I wanted to let the emotions sort of settle down a little bit but I'm going to do a series uh, starting in two weeks uh, the first of March on the end times so you might want to share that with someone I think it's really going to be very informational and informative to you and uh, exciting as well but we're in a series right now called it's complicated but it doesn't have to be. And we're talking about relationships today. And so we are going to be talking about those things. So just want to make you aware of that. And today as we begin, I want us to go back to the passage of scripture in Romans that we read in Romans 1 as we started our series. And here's what it says. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. So what he's saying is they wouldn't worship God, wouldn't give respect to God. And then also they started making up their own idea of what God was like and meaning get their own image, you know, create their own God in their minds. He goes on to say that as a result, their minds become dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead become utter fools. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body. And they traded the truth of God for a what? For a lie. And that's exactly what we're finding in our, in our culture today, in our world. And when I say the world, I mean everybody that's outside of uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Is that we're finding that right now in, our, in, in the world that people are, that that's what's sending. Is people are making their own ideas and they're saying that the Bible is a lie and they're doing their, their own thing. And the problem is causes all kinds of problems when we do that. And so this is what we prescribe, what God's word has prescribed to us. I summarize it in a statement. It's coming on the screen. I'd like for you to say it with me. Let's say it together. You ready? For all relationships to work, we have to let God who designed them define them. And that is true. In every context of relationships, we have to let God who designed relationships define the relationships. And so I would say that... Uh, as studying, understanding something that I had not become aware of, and that is this, is that there are more single people today that are over the age of 18 than there are married people for the first time in our history of the country. For the first time ever, there's more single people today than there are married people that are over the age of 18. And so, and so it just sort of tells you where we are like with families. And, and also it tells me as a pastor that you know that uh, more than 50% of our people are single. And so we got to talk to, we got to speak this, to being single. And so today as I begin to share this message with you, I'm going to lean in towards singles, but I want you to know if you're married, uh, you don't get the pass today. It's going to affect you too, all right? Amen. So if you pray today, God help me receive what you want me to hear today, you will hear something from God, amen? amen. 
And so I want to lean into singles today. Matter of fact, uh, singleness can become a little complicated. Uh, I don't know if you're single here today and, and maybe you're in your 20s or maybe 30s and you, 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 know, you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and, and you go to the family reunion, there's always that one, right? The one family member that's going to come to you and say, well, tell me about uh, Mr. or Mrs. that's in your life. And you're like, well... I don't have anybody right now. And they, and they make you feel like you're, you're, you're second class. You know, well, what's wrong with you? You know, and they make you begin to feel that way. And I'm going to tell you, nothing's wrong with you. All right. <laughs> nothing's wrong with you. You know, dating has changed through the years as well. Remember, like forever and ever and ever through history, there was this thing called courtship to where we would, uh, you know, basically uh, the parents would pretty much... Uh, would pretty much get someone to come and, you know, meet the family or whatever. And then, then when they were uh, ready to introduce them, you see the pictures already behind me, how that they would sort of bribe them. Okay, you take them, we'll give you all this stuff, right? And, and so that's the way it was. It sort of ranged. And then the next phase that I would say is this, is that uh, the next phase happened when the automobile was introduced and all of a sudden the guy began to come and pick up the girl, Right. That's when trouble started right there, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, it was better when we could keep, keep your eye on them. And then the, the next thing that happened, which what we're in right now, is, is more one-night stands than anything else. And we have apps that have been turned into, uh, you know, hookups. And, and let me just tell you, you know, I didn't understand hookup because like, hey, hey, man, we need to hook up. You can't say that anymore. I didn't understand that because that means something totally different now. It means a one-night stand. And that is actually what's being advertised to dating now. Is it turned into a, a one-night stand? I mean, even now, they perverted Netflix. I mean, now it's like, okay, well, let's have Netflix and chill. Okay, well, I didn't know what that meant either, but it meant a one, let's come over and let's get together physically, okay, together. Yeah, it's crazy how everything's changed. Everything about dating is about that. It's about the, you know, the physically coming together sexually. And I want to tell you, that's not God's design of dating. It's not God's design at all. And I will say this to you. I, 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 hear me out. Why does God not want us to have sex before we get married? It's because it complicates the relationship. It con you, you don't get to know the person really be, when, you, when you begin to jump the gun in that area because you don't know how to really have a fight because all of a sudden somebody says, well, we'll just, we'll just go make out and we'll get over it. No, 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 no. You got to learn how to build a relationship. Some of you get a little uneasy right now, aren't you? Yeah, you're like, wow. You know, this is why I always talk about relationship series in February because our church grows in the fall because the people get their lives back, they get their marriages back together and all of a sudden we start having babies in the church. Okay, yeah, just, all right, hallelujah. Yeah, just, just keeping it real, yeah. So let's talk about being single and secure. And again, if you're married, don't you check out on me because this is going to get you as well. Uh, single and secure. I want to read this passage because there was two people that were single in the Bible that we need to pay attention to. Number one was Jesus. Jesus lived 33 and a half years as a single man, all right? So he knew a lot about being single and knew a lot about temptation as well. And then the other one was the Apostle Paul. He was a man that talks about this. And again, if you're going to get advice from someone, you need to get somebody, someone that's living. And in Paul, the apostle Paul lived. He wrote the majority of the New Testament and he was single. So look what he says in 1 Corinthians. It says this. He says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. Well, that sounds good to me right there. 
When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. All the married people said amen. Amen. (laughs) That's right. Some of you were scared, I can see. (laughs) Time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend on becoming whole and holy instruments of God. Amen? I want to share four things with you today that I would say that in the middle of your singleness, these are things that you need to think about. And again, if you didn't do them while you were single and you're married, it's not too late to do them. And so I want to encourage you that. The first one is this. Number one, four things to do in singleness. Number one is determine who you are. Determine who you are. Notice what Paul says in the first verse. He says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. I want you to live that way. You will not live free of complications if you do not know who you are. Who, determine who you are. Don't let someone else determine who you are. Determine who you are. You see, you need right now, if you're single or you're single again, it's a great opportunity to find, find you, discover you, get you better. Find out what is it that, what is your personality type? What is your love language? Financially, get it together. Get, get your money together. Amen? Amen. Financially, get it together. And the reason I'm telling you this is because Rhonda and I, we got married so young. See, when we got married, we got married so young that we didn't know to go on a honeymoon or summer camp. <clears throat> we didn't know. I mean, it's either honeymoon or summer camp. We didn't know. And so we didn't, <clears throat> we had no idea of any of the stuff that I'm telling you. That's why if you come to Stockbridge Community Church, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you life. We're going to tell you how God's Word affects that. And and so we didn't have any of that. And so we got married young. And I can tell you that our family's dynamic, like the family I was raised in, was totally different than Rhonda's family. Totally different. Everybody on my family was extroverted. I mean, we're outgoing. We're loud and proud and never meet a stranger, you know. and, And that's the way we are. And, you know, we're going to fight for our right, too. I mean, like, you know, we, we would fight it out in our family. We had a big family, so you had to fight for your right in your, our own family. And Rhonda come from this family that's real quiet and, and reserved and, and very introverted. I mean, like, they're shy about everything. And so we get married and just putting oil and water together, you know. I mean, we get married, and here I am, man. I would go up and talk to anybody. I mean, like in Walmart, I would go down the aisle singing it out loud in Walmart. She's hiding. Oh, my God, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me. Like, what's to, what's to be embarrassed about? Well, Jesus loves me, you know. Oh, no, no. I'm just, well, Rhonda, I'm just witnessing for the Lord. No, you're not. I mean, we had that going on. And for 10 years, I thought, you know, one of these days she's going to wake up. And she's going to come over to this side. I mean, I really thought I hadn't, I've never experienced that. I mean, like all of I've ever known. So really watching her, she was weird. I mean, she was messed up. And I'm like, okay, she's going to get it eventually. So 10 years, I spent 10 years trying to make her more like me. And I want to tell you something. That was Hades. And so we were constantly at this way. So it took 10 years of our marriage, and finally, someone handed me a book. 
and it was called Personality Plus. Here it is. It's coming up on the screen. You may want to take a picture of this book. You may be married and need this book. What it is, it showed us the different personalities, how they were all different in our strengths and our weaknesses. And finally, for the first time, you know, Rhonda realized that she wasn't married to an alien because that's what she thought I was because I was so different from her family. And we began to get it together. We discovered who we were. And then again, another five years later come along and somebody handed me another book that helped us. And it was called The Five Love Languages of uh, Your Five Love Languages. And listen, I would encourage you, know whether you're married or not, get these books. Determine who you are. Some people say, well, you know what? Well, they just don't love me like I like to be loved. Well, do you know how you like to be loved? Do you know? Do you, most people don't even know what to ask for. I, I just knew that Rhonda and I were, you know, in our relationship is that it just wasn't happening. I mean, it's like, you know, come on. She didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved. And I didn't love her the way she wanted to be loved because I didn't know how. I thought she liked receiving love like the way I did. Like, come here and sit beside me and I'll be your man. <laughs> no, the way she wanted me to love, love her was get a mop and mop the floor. <laughs> the ladies woke up then, didn't they? She said, you are sexy when you're holding the mop and the iron. I learned. This book helped us to learn. And so I'm trying to tell you. And then financially, we were so jacked up financially. We went on the same page. We went through Financial Peace University and got our, that's why we offer that class every semester because, listen, until you're on the same page with your money, you can never be on the same page. And listen, you know, listen, don't be a broke person and don't marry a broke person. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Before you date them, say, let's show me your budget. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Get yourself together. Like, no, you're not messing me up. I know. I determine who I am. Determine who you are. And then we went to counseling at year number 18 to try to correct all the hurt that we'd done to each other those 18 years. And what I'm telling you, most people don't make it what we made it through. And so go ahead and determine who you are right now. The second thing I would say to you is this, is to define your godly values. Define those. Define your godly values. Look what he says in verse 32. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. The time to decide your godly values is right now. Before you start dating someone, already know who you are. Know my values. This is my values. This is what I value. And even if you're married, determine your values. Maybe you've never sat down and said, this is what I believe and I'm going to live by this. And let them be godly values. Why? Because if you don't have godly values in your life, you're going to wreck your life. You're going to wreck your life. It's like, you know, I love the mountains. You know, Rhonda's a beach person. I'm a mountains person. I love going to the mountains. I love the cool breeze. She loves the, you know, she loves the breeze off the ocean, the burning up sun. And, and look how white I am, people. Listen. <laughs> Listen, man, I mean, I'm Casper the Friendly Ghost. And when me and son get together, I, get, I lose. I come looking like a lobster, right? And so... But anyway, when we go to the mountains, I love riding to the mountains. And, you know, when you get on those high mountains, they have the, the uh, guardrails up, like a picture like it's coming up here, have these guardrails up. 
And those guardrails, don't, they don't keep me from denting my car. They don't keep me from damaging my car a little bit. But what they do is they keep me from death. Because if I go over the guardrail and I go down that mountain, I'm, I'm toast. I'm done. And what I want to tell you is godly values, it doesn't keep you from getting scuffed up a little bit. You may get scuffed up in life, but you, you won't lose your life. You'll still have these guardrails that keep your life in line, and, and these godly values do that. Listen, you cannot determine your godly values in the backseat of a car. You can't, you can't determine your godly values when you just swipe right on that app and say, hello, how are you? No, no, no. You've got to determine before you get there, Amen. Because people are gonna people are gonna push against your guardrails. They're gonna push against your guardrails in every in your finances. They're gonna push against your guardrails in your values with God, with your morality. They're gonna push you constantly. So you've got to know that I've got guardrails in my life. That God's thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. God has said this. Amen. You see, when people say, "Well, I I don't believe in the Bible," well, who do you believe in? I just want to tell you that when you say, this is going to have the last word in my life, it saves your life. It saves your life. Look at what the Bible says. Oh, let me just say this one more before I give you the next verse. I almost forgot it. What I want you to understand is that you're going to attract who you are, not who you want. And the values that you have, see, when it comes to you, you've got to have the, the values that that you have are going to attract the other people. You attract who you are, not who you want. And a lot of people say, well, I'm going to live like a piece of trash over here, but I want a godly man or a godly woman. They don't want you. Now, what I'm trying, you hear what I'm trying? I'm not trying to be mean. or I'm just trying to say that you've got to be who you want to attract. So right now, start where you are right now. Forget about, I'm not talking about your past. We all got a past. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your futures. Decide today, I'm going to have godly values. I'm going to live by what God says. And when you do, you will attract a godly woman or godly man. Amen. 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 Oh, that's good preaching, Pastor. All right. Matthew 6, 33. Look what it says. But seek when? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Do you know what I hear more than anything? I hear people say, well, when I get married, then I'm going to seek God first. When we have children, we're going to be in church every Sunday. Can I tell you that I've lived long enough now to see, you know, many people make this mistake of they said this with their mouth one day. But that day never comes. They get married, and guess what? The habits that they established before marriage was, had nothing to do with God. And so all of a sudden, when you say, I do to another person, guess what? You don't automatically just say, well, God, I'm serving you now. For no, no, it doesn't work that way. Usually it trends on into ungodliness, and then that causes all kind of conflict. Then we say, well, we'll fix the problem. We'll have some children. <laughs> we'll have a baby. A baby will fix it. A baby. No, no, no. A baby makes it. Woo-hoo-hoo. And then, oh, and then, you know, we'll be God. No, no, no. Then you bring a baby into all of that dysfunction. And so I'm just saying you start off now when you're singleness, whether you're single or single again, just say, I'm going to start off right and make sure that you have God in those plans. Amen, everybody. Remember what we say. Let's say it again. It's coming on the screen now. For all relationships to work, we have to let God who designed them define them. That's right. For all it works. The third thing I would say is this. 
is disperse your time serving others. Disperse your time serving others. Look what he says. He says, marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. And what he's trying to say there is that when you're single, you have more time unless you're a single parent. If you're a single parent, you have no time at all. And I just want to say to every single parent today, I respect you, I respect you, I respect you. You're the hardest working people in the world. I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that. And so what I want you to know if you're single today is this, in God's kingdom, we need you. Because you have a little more time and you have a little more energy. The rest of us are trying to keep our spouses happy. We're trying to keep our children happy. And we're like, dear God, you know, help me, right? I mean, that can be like overwhelming at times. Then we're trying to, you know, serve in the church. But you, if you're single, you have more time to give and more energy to give. And we need you. I just want you to know that that we need you in God's house. And there's a temptation to waste your time. See, now, I I read a stat this week that said that uh, the average person, average guy is 23 years of age, has spent over 10,000 hours playing video games. 10,000 hours playing video games. Now, I want to tell you something. What, what, at the end of life, what does that matter? And not only that, we can't just stop with God right there, but let's talk about scrolling on social media, right? How many hours upon hours is wasted? And all you're doing is comparing your life to everybody else's picture. You're comparing, you're saying, well, look, oh, look, let me, we all show our best picture, don't we? We don't post the truth, do we? We don't post this picture where our family's mad at each other and we're yelling at each other. We don't like each other. We, we don't post any of that stuff. And let me tell you, that that's reality, isn't it? And we, we don't always look our best, but we show our best picture and we put it on social media and everybody thinks, well, oh, my life's so bad because look how good they got it. You don't know what they're about to do and you don't know what they just did. And I can tell you, I've lived long enough and I've talked to more people. I've talked to the people behind the pictures. I can tell you, after you see those pictures they're doing good and they call me and say I'm leaving this sucker they call me up and say my children are driving me crazy I just saw the picture they were right beside you I just saw the what happened I saw the picture you know we're getting a divorce and you know I don't know what to do here financially we're going under I just saw you beside a nice car in a picture I know we couldn't afford it we bought it we're going under And I see that side of the story. And I want to tell you that you would take your life over that picture any day of the week if you knew what was going on behind the picture. You would take yours. That wife and that husband and that that family that you got and all that you have, you would just take them all over again if you knew what was behind the picture. So stop comparing your life to the picture. And you single people, quit scrolling and, and comparing your life. You married people, quit scrolling and comparing your life. Put the phone down. Do something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Put it down. Sir, listen, that stuff, what if you, you know, playing video games, 10,000, what do you, you know, you shoot all these people up, you, you know, and, and you make this high score in a video. What does that matter? 
when this life is all said and done, the only thing that's going to matter is what you've done in the name of Jesus for somebody else to help them. That's all that matters. And when we go to heaven, God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And when you turn around and you look behind you, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people because you gave your life for Jesus Christ. That's what matters. That's what matters. Look what the Bible says. Psalms 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Look at this. Planted where? Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And here's the good news for people like me. Hallelujah. They will still bear fruit in old age. Hallelujah. When you get planted... When you get planted in the house of God, God still blesses you when you get old. Amen? Listen, I'm not done until I'm dead. And if I'm not dead, I'm not done. And you're not done either. Amen? God's going to bless you, but it starts planting yourself in the house of the Lord. You've got to have a church like Stockbridge Community Church that will not let you rest until you get planted in the house of God. And we want you planted in the house of God. And you single people, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need, need you planted in God's house. And the problem with the pandemic is it's uprooted so many people. And that's why anxiety is off the chart. That's why depression is off the chart. Because you're not planted in God's house. When you get rooted and planted. You know what? That's what I love about being a pastor of this church for 20, over 25 years. Because you know what? When you get tired of being silly and you're ready to come back home, we're here. We're here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been around long enough to watch kids, you know, parents come in. They come, leave, come, leave, come, leave. You know, children come, leave. But I'm like, listen, when you're, when you're ready, we're here. And I just want you to know that my arms are wide open no matter what. We're going to love you back. So what's it, what do I need you to do? I need every person to take this card right here, put it in your hand, and pull that pen out from that seat. And look right on the back of that car and says, I will do my best to attend growth track on March the 7th. I need you just to check that little box right there. And when you check that box right there, I'm gonna, we're going to send you an email to let you know what it's all about. And that's how you connect with God's family. Listen, that's how you make a difference with your life. We don't want you to serve every day of the week. We don't want you here 24 hours a day. I don't want to be around you that much. <laughs> Hear God. I don't. You'll get tired of me and I'll get tired of you. But I do want you once a month to show up. And, and listen, if you've got a call to rock babies, we want people that are called to rock babies. Just because you, just, let me just say, just because you have a child doesn't mean that you should be in the nursery. We understand that. I realize I've met ladies along the way that said, listen, I got kids, but I can't stand children. <laughs> You know, and so like we understand, so we, we don't want you rocking babies, but we want, a, we want an anointed person rocking a baby, amen, that when that baby, maybe they're, they're, they're a month old or two months old, and, and you know, they can't even speak, all they can do is pee and poop, amen, and we want, we want someone that loves them to put them in their arms, and when they're rocking them, that they feel the presence of Jesus, and that God is moving in their life because the Holy Spirit's with that person. That's who we want, and that's who we want working with our children. That's who we want working with our teenagers. That's who we want at the front doors. That's who we want in the parking lot. Amen. We want people that are ushering, that know how to ush and love Jesus. Amen. 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 So please sign up. If you're single, we need you. Man, we got mission trips you can go on. 
It's all kinds of things that you can do, and we need you to do that. I want you to sign up. Okay, coming up on the screen again. Let's say it. You ready? For all relationships to work, we have to let God who designed them define them. The fourth thing I'll share with you real quickly is discover. Discover wholeness and security in Jesus. Look what, look what he says in verse 34. Now, again, he's talking about time here. He says, the unmarried can spend time in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. Psalm 23, the famous Psalm, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Look what it says. I lack nothing. In other words, you're never going to, you're, there's people that say this to me. Oh, Pastor Jeff, I'm just looking for the woman to complete me. I'm just looking for the man to complete me. Can I tell you something? You, can, you will never be a good spouse if you're incomplete. And the only person that can complete you is Jesus. And you see, it's, it's two completed people that make one completed person. Amen. People can compliment you, but they can't complete you. Only Jesus can complete you. And I have Jesus, so I lack nothing. I'm satisfied in Jesus. I'm satisfied in him. So remember that. It's not you're not looking for somebody to complete you. You're looking for someone to compliment you. Jesus Christ completes you. Look what he says in verse uh, Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 7, 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Jesus is saying this. Like a person who builds his house on the solid rock. Now look what happened. Though the rains came in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house. Notice what he's saying. Even though you're following me, there's going to be difficult things that's going to happen. Anybody who told you that once you said Jesus come into my life and saved me and he saved you, that you'd have no more problems, lied to you. Amen. They lied to you, right? Christianity, it doesn't make it a, a rose, is it? But it sure does help with the thorns. Amen, everybody? Amen. And so I just want to tell you, they lied to you. So you're going to have difficulties come, but here's, a, here's what he says. It, but that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the solid rock, built on bedrock. What he's trying to say to you is this, is that, yes, difficulties are coming your way. Hard times will come your way. Yes. They're going to come your way, but they will not take you down and they will not take you out. You're like the palm tree. The hurricane wind come, but that palm tree will bend over. But when the, when the wind's done, it'll stand back up. That Bible says that the righteous may fall seven times, but they get up again. Why? Because you have the power of God in you. And let me just tell you something. You don't, you don't just need a hand to hold. You don't just need a shoulder to cry on. But you sure do need a rock to stand on. Amen. Listen, and I told you Rhonda and I's story in the beginning, and I'll tell you our story. You know, maybe I'm too transparent for some of you, but I want you to know. You say, how did you make it that 10 years being crazy, you know, toward each other? How did you make it that five years not knowing your love language? How did you make it after, you know, what, through counseling? How did you make it through all of that? I'll tell you why. We had one thing. One thing that got us through with all of that is both of us had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, that was the most important thing. When, when I felt like I couldn't do it anymore, I'd get on my knees and call out to Jesus. And guess what? He reminded me I made a commitment to that woman and that I was to stay with her. And when she felt like she couldn't take it anymore from living with this alien, 
When she couldn't take it anymore, she'd get on her knees, she'd cry out to Jesus. He'd remind her that you committed to that man, and he's my man, and you're my woman, and you're going to make it. And for 33 years, that's how we made it, man. It's been Jesus Christ all the way, all the way. When we were single, we were committed to Jesus. We got saved, and then we started dating. Had we not been saved, we wouldn't have made it. But we had Jesus in the middle all the way. And I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works. It's Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the glue that you're looking for. I'm telling you, he's the ride of the lifetime. He holds it together. He helps you in the midnight hours, in the morning hours, when you don't know what to do. He is the answer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And if I could say anything to you, I'm like, listen, you make sure you got Jesus. You make sure you got Jesus. You say, Pastor, I've made some mistakes. I've done some dumb things. So have I. I mean, man, if you could look up stupid in the dictionary, you'd find my picture. I made some stupid mistakes. But Jesus has always got me through that. Amen? And so today I want to pray with you. And then after I pray with you, we're going to sing this song that says, I know who I am. You know, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Today I want you to determine who you are. I want you to define your values. I want you to disperse your time serving others. And then I want you to discover your wholeness and your security in Jesus Christ. And when you do, when you find out that I'm secure in him, then it just makes life better. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And there's people right here in this room, oh God. And there's people that are watching online right now. God, they need you to be the first love in their life. Lord, there's people that are hurting because people have hurt them in relationships. And so, Father, we ask you right now that you would just begin to mend those wounds. And God, you would let every person know in this room that you're not mad at them, you're mad about them, that you love them. And God, that we're the source, that it all works when with Jesus. Father, I pray today for those that do not know you today that have come to this house or have tuned in online. It's not by chance that they're here and it's not by chance that they're watching. But you made a divine appointment. And today is the day that they cross the line and they give their life to you. And some of them don't even know what that means. But they're going to do it. And they're going to find a change on the inside of them, O oh Lord, that only you can bring. Father, right now, for all of those that are in this room and watching online that want to receive you as Savior, Lord, I'm going to lead them in this prayer right now. And in your mind, if you're in this room or watching online, you just say this in your mind, not out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come to my life. Forgive me of my sins. Father, I'm sorry. And I want to do your will. I want to live life like you. I want to find the freedom that pastor's talking about. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.